Network presents Football Time. Welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for our NFL Week 1 review. It was quite a week one. I think we're going to get into some games. Some interesting teams made some wins. Some interesting teams made some comebacks. And uh, a lot of teams uh, put on the dominant show that we thought they would. So what did you make of Week 1, Achilles? I mean, super exciting the fact that we have the NFL back. Uh, you know, gives us something to look forward to. And we have an extended season too. So that's kind of got me really riled up. Uh, but I'm ready to talk some stats and some games and some results. So let's get into this. Yeah. All right. So let's start off with our mutual picks. We went three and two overall in our mutuals. And we'll start out with the first game, uh, the Seattle Seahawks plus two versus the Indianapolis uh, Colts here. Uh, Seattle won 28-16, and I, I think that score is being kind in this game. Uh, Seattle really dominated it from the uh, start. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, had four touchdown passes in this game. Uh, they ran the ball for 140 yards and uh, threw for about 254. Uh, Carson Wentz was uh, sort of his normal inconsistent self. Looked really good in spots. Uh, looked really poor uh, decision-making wise in spots. But uh, Seattle's defense managed uh, to hold Jonathan Taylor to about 54 yards rushing. And uh, they couldn't seem to find uh, too much uh, deep in the passing game. Pittman Jr. was held to just uh, 29 yards. It was mostly uh, uh, checkdowns to Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hyde. So uh, what'd you make of this game? What'd you make of Seattle's opening uh, win here on the road in Indianapolis? I mean, as far as the offense for the Indianapolis Colts is concerned, I kind of mentioned it a little bit during our preview. I thought that, you know, even with uh, T.Y. taking a hometown discount, there wasn't a lot of firepower in, you know, in terms of wide receiver. Um, so we kind of figured that a lot of the offense would be focused around the running backs, kind of like it was last season, even with rivers under helm, uh, which a lot of check downs and runs and screens and, you know, bootlegs, things like that. Um, I think that Carson gives them a different ability as opposed to rivers by being a little bit younger and slightly more mobile. Uh, but I think their offense kind of went the way we thought it was going to go. Uh, we both talked about it in our last show. We thought Seattle could easily take this one. Uh, we just thought they were a more complete team. We couldn't quite understand the line, which is one of the reasons why we took this game. But um, overall, I, I think it was a pretty entertaining game, and I think it's a little, a little bit of a, of a tell um, as far as what these teams are going to look like as the season progresses. Yeah, I, I must say I was really, really impressed uh, with the uh, Seattle offense. It uh, really seemed to uh, go well together here. Uh, a lot of deep shots taken, uh, but they still had that good uh, sort of first and second down uh, run uh, progression that they like to do. Uh, it kept the defense in the game. They didn't have that open style that they had to start last year. So was really impressed. Now, uh, that being said, Russell Wilson uh, tends to get off the hot starts. Uh, he always makes his MVP case in September. Uh, he started out again to make his MVP case in September. We can see if he can carry that uh, on into December this year. But uh, I think my most impressive thing was that Seattle offense. I really, really thought it looked uh, really, really good. Uh, 
over there. They found Lockett on a couple deep balls, made a really nice catch on that uh, huge bomb they hit, uh, managed to get Chris Carson involved, and then Ed, towards the end, they found uh, DK Metcalf for a nice play as well. Yeah, I mean, and as you mentioned it, the fact that they were able to kind of get in such a good rhythm, you know, even when Metcalf wasn't even involved with the offense early on, as I was looking at the stats for that game, you know, I was surprised that he hadn't really done anything. He came alive towards the end of that second half, but just goes to show you that Seattle is very versatile and they can attack you in many different ways. It doesn't just have to be their big wideout. Yeah, uh, another shout-out to uh, Gerald Everett uh, coming over uh, from the Rams. Uh, I, I think it sort of helped uh, both guys, really. Uh, we'll, we'll get into Tyler Higby's uh, day as well uh, coming up here, but uh, I thought Everett played well. Um, it, it, it was nice to have sort of a, a tight end in the mix for Seattle. They haven't always uh, utilized that uh, tight end spot too much, but uh, I, I thought Gerald Everett played uh, pretty well in this game as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been a while since – Russell Wilson has had a versatile back like him. Not that he's super great at blocking, but he can hold his own when it comes to the blocking game. And he's also a very physical route runner. He can get out there and uh, he can really, you know, beat up on those linebackers out there. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to bring up something from the Colts. Wanted to get your opinion on it. you know, this uh, Colts line probably uh, three, four years ago, I, I think uh, we were probably putting it up there as one of the uh, best offensive lines in probably football at, at that point in time. Uh, last year, I, I think there was a little bit of a, a, a slippage. And uh, this uh, week, I, I wasn't impressed with them at all. I, I thought there was even more slippage. Now, you know, Quentin Nelson was just coming back off the foot injury. It, it just seems they aren't quite as dominant as they were, uh, you know, two, three years ago when they were sitting there protecting Andrew Luck in that uh, pocket. And uh, you saw a little bit of slippage last year, but you didn't know how much of that was to, you know, an old Philip Rivers uh, sort of holding the ball and being in the pocket. But uh, I was uh, less than impressed with uh, Indianapolis's line play in this one. Do you think that slippage continues uh, going on into the season, or do you think this is just, you know, game one, let them find their mesh point, let Quentin Nelson get a few games under his belt after having, you know, not really played in the preseason, uh, or do you see it continuing to slip and uh, maybe it's causing some problems here, uh, especially for that running game, which is so important to Indianapolis and the offensive side of things? You know, it's funny the way you put that because when I think about it, it seems like that last year that Andrew Luck played, it seems like he was kind of getting beat up a lot. Um, just if memory serves me correct, I feel like the offensive line was actually much worse back then than it was this previous season with uh, Rivers under center. Uh, that being said, uh, you're going to hear me say a lot, especially, uh, you know, this this particular week, uh, week one. I'll probably say it a few more times uh, throughout this show. It's it's week one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I it's week it, one you know, with an extra game too. <laughs> correct, correct. So uh, you know, and uh, one less preseason game. Uh, so you also got taken you know all that stuff into account. I, I wouldn't put too much stock in, in that offensive line. You know, deteriorating, getting worse. Uh, I think that the unit has changed. There's been a few players that were there a few years ago that aren't there anymore. And sometimes it takes a little while to mesh, even if it is the same group of people, sometimes it takes a few games to kind of get into that, uh, you know, that rhythm. Uh, so I wouldn't be too concerned about it just yet, but if this continues, then it's probably something to look, look at. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, not on this game, but overall, you know, um, 
it's become more and more the norm in preseason to not really give a, a lot of the starters a lot of the playing time. Most of them sit out. Uh, I mean, I don't think even any of your Rams starters even touched uh, a preseason snap. And I, I think we saw sloppiness in a lot of the games uh, in week one, uh, especially now with a reduced preseason. Uh, do you like the uh, call of sort of these first four games are – technically a probably more of a preseason outlook uh you're just trying to find your rhythm to get into that sort of uh second third half of the season to make your push do you, what do you make of that do you like it or do you think this uh they should at least tune up a little bit more than they have been in, in the preseason you know i think it really depends on the situation if you're let's say in a division like the nfc east and obviously it's early on so i'm not trying to jump the ship here but you know, we kind of assume that they're all going to be pretty close, but all not great teams. So it gives you a little more leverage as far as starting off slow. Um, if you play in a tougher division like the NFC West, for example, you know, they all win the first game. If anyone were to lose a game in, you know, week one, which on paper doesn't matter, but when you look at the division standings for a tough division as it is, and those guys start gaining on you, uh, you know, early on in the season, sometimes it really takes away, it sucks the motivation to, you know, really make a push because it, it's hard to climb back when those teams are so tough and you have to play them twice every season. So I think it depends on the scenario. I personally, myself, don't mind it. I'm not a huge gambler first three weeks of the season. Uh, obviously, we're doing this because of the show, you know, but I, I always look at the first at least quarter of the season, first, you know, third of the season as kind of a warm-up. I think the teams tend to find their flow uh, as it progresses. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, you know, I, I'm sort of hot and cold on it. Uh, I, I don't really like the preseason, and I, you know, it, it's not something I enjoy. Uh, but I do think maybe, I, I mean, they aren't going to do it because it's all money involved, but uh, maybe not preseason, but at least they have scrimmages where these guys can get in and play some games. So, you know, these first couple of weeks aren't, necessarily so sloppy uh, i i mean some of the teams look good and you know some of the teams who didn't play their guys looked pretty solid it, it just seems uh you know this first couple weeks weeks one two three maybe even into four that's really the preseason where teams are fighting to their rhythm and it's just hard to make judgments on them in week one uh i, I you know it, it just a little weird, uh, I think, uh, whereas, you know, probably in the 90s, early 2000s, when we were watching, uh, guys would play all that preseason, then by week one, everything was ramped up and ready to go uh, more so than it is now. You know, uh, it, it's you're right. I, I agree with you. But I think a lot of that happened when they negotiated that new uh, CBA. Yeah. Um, because really what went away from what we remember in football is the – practice and pads you know you don't have that anymore that was what everybody kind of looked forward to that's when you were going to get physical and that's when you were going to start really pulling the uh the starters that 53 man roster away from the guys that might make the practice squad um but i'll tell you one thing as a ram fan i i really you know my team was really bad for a long time as a matter of fact I, i'm wearing a st louis sweater uh that goes to show you how far back i've been rooting for them and I was rooting for them even before they went to St. Louis. So anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there, but they were really bad for a stretch. And I learned really quickly that the preseason itself 
as boring as it may seem for a lot of people, for those teams that are constantly, you know, down in the basement, uh, it's a really good time for player development. And uh, for those teams that don't have a lot of debt and are very limited with cap space, like the Rams are this season, it's really important because you really know, all right, we only have a limited amount of money, limited amount of space. These are the guys that we can go with. So as boring as it may seem, it's, it's really important. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to our next game. And it was another win. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams uh, versus the uh, Chicago Bears. Uh, this was pretty much uh, a mauling throughout. Uh, the Bears got a little bit of uh, a perky, I- I'd say, um, in that uh, maybe around that third quarter area. But I, I don't think it was ever really in doubt. Uh, David Montgomery ran really, really well uh, for the Bears, but uh, their defense didn't hold up all that well. Uh, Stafford passed for 321 yards. Henderson ended up with uh, about 70 yards rushing. Uh, Cup uh, really uh, was dominant and getting open uh deep all day long on them for 108 yards and uh van jefferson hit that uh big play at at the start of the game uh bears didn't really have any passing game really to speak of a couple plays to godwin uh, a couple plays to robinson but uh 34 14 overall for the uh los angeles rams uh what'd you make a game one here for the uh rams I'll be honest with you. I was excited. I, I I was a little nervous because, you know, I kept hearing all the hype about Matthew Stafford and how he's a huge improvement over Jared Goff. And, you know, I wasn't sure because all I've seen Stafford do is put up stats in meaningless games because they don't win games. Um, but he came out and even without preseason, without, you know, being able to get out there and really try against an, an opposing team, he looked good. You know, he looked sharp. Uh, there were a few instances where, you know, the offensive line kind of crumbled a little bit. And, and but for the most part, the, the offensive line played really well, uh, you know, especially against those guys in the front seven of Chicago. You know, the teams, when you think about the Bears, we don't think of them as a super, you know, scary team or anything like that. But they do have some guys on defense. They have some, some studs out there and they can get after you and they can cause some trouble if you allow them to. Uh, and it seemed like at some point they might get there, but I think overall the uh, the entire team played a really good game. It was an entire, uh, it was a very cohesive, uh, you know, win for the team, uh, especially for a team that didn't get to practice or play in preseason. Yeah, I, I thought they uh, looked pre- pretty sharp. Uh, Stafford looked solid. Uh, they got a couple plays from Van Jefferson. I, I think that's really, really important. Uh, to find somebody who can give them, you know, a handful of those uh, deep plays uh, because I, I, I like Cup and I love Woods, uh, but those are, you know, those are more sort of slot in between guys who, uh, you know, get more uh, run after the catch yards. I think they need somebody to stretch that field uh, ever since they've lost Brandon Cooks. Uh, so uh, it was good to see that. Uh, I mentioned Tyler Higby. I thought he played really well. And uh, we talked about it in our uh, preview show, how we thought Higby might be able to break out uh, with Gerald Everett out there. Uh, I, I don't think he's probably quite the blocker, uh, you know, Gerald Everett is, but uh, he, he's really good on the uh, pass catching side of things. So I think that can be enough uh, of, a weapon there uh the running game didn't really get going all that much uh you know until the you know last couple uh series in the games when the game was over uh any concern about that uh, I-, I thought once uh you know henderson found a little bit of rhythm i thought he ran well but uh you know early in the game they weren't even trying it all that much but uh 
running game would be the only thing I, I thought the offense was a little bit shaky on in that one. You know, offensively, I don't, I don't think there was much to really concern me. Like, I understand that the running game, you know, wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't really, you know, something to, to fear or anything like that. But uh, to me, I think the most telling story of this game was the Ram, uh, Rams rushing defense. I feel like there were several instances. I know Montgomery's a really good back, but there were several instances where they had him wrapped up uh, and they just couldn't bring him down. And this is something that the Rams have had issues with over the last couple of seasons. I know the last season they were really good against the run overall on yards, but they would give up big plays. They were susceptible to give it up big plays. And it, it seems to be, uh, you know, they mentioned it during the game that the Rams seem to play like an umbrella type of defense where everyone's kind of, uh, you know, almost like a zone type of thing where they're daring you to run the ball. And if you're going to get chunks like that and not tackle, you know, teams are going to start running the ball on you. But thankfully, like I said, I'm not worried about the offense. And I think the offense is good enough to even allow, uh, you know, teams to kind of establish a run and still be able to at least compete in games. Yeah, I, I think that was the other thing that was probably uh, the biggest question mark. I, I did think Montgomery fouled holes and uh, broke some tackles. Now, you don't know how much of that was just scheme is, you know, we're going to let him run. We're going to let him get his yards. Uh, we just won't let them pass, you know, all that much. And, you know, I, I don't even think the Bears were capable of passing. You know, Dalton was on his back foot and getting pressured, you know, pretty much every time. And uh, as you know, shocking uh, Jason Peters lasted uh, about a quarter and a half. Half, uh, I'm stunned the uh, oversized uh, 40 year old offensive lineman couldn't complete a full NFL game. But uh, I think that was the only thing that was a little bit uh, concerning was, you know, they did seem to give up some holes up front. Now, you don't, like I said, you don't know how much of that is scheme, but, uh, you know, in, in games that are meaningful with teams that have really good rushing attacks and then can play off the play action, uh, we mentioned it like a Seattle, that becomes probably a little bit more concern if it's a thing that uh, happens more so as we get deeper in the season. But I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, the Chicago Bears. I know that they didn't play a great game. They played hard, though. As poor as people assumed they were going to be, I felt like they played hard. You know, even Andy Dalton, he had a pretty bad performance. You know, if it wasn't for that pick he threw in the end zone, he has at least a touch and it looks respectable. Uh, so I feel like the Bears are, are at least trending the right way. They played against a very tough Rams team, even though it's week one, and this would have been the perfect opportunity to catch the Rams off guard. I still think they played hard, so I just want to give a quick shout-out to Yeah, I, I definitely thought they played hard, and uh... – of teams that uh, were playing out of that uh, NFC Central. Uh, they all lost, <laughs> mind you, but uh, I, I thought the Bears at least competed, whereas uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, uh, Detroit, I don't think you can totally say that. Now, uh, Detroit had the uh, fun miracle finish. Uh, we'll get into that. But uh, uh, that game was also like 43-17 uh, with two minutes to go. So uh, it wasn't exactly like Detroit was uh, racking up things until uh, they somehow managed like four possessions in a uh, two-minute stretch. Uh, but, you know, I, I did think the Bears competed. Montgomery looked good. Uh, I, the passing game in the line is going to be an issue all year long. Uh, I, I do think the secondary's uh, pretty weak, uh, so it's it, they are very, very dependent on that front seven getting pressure, and you mentioned it, the uh, Rams line held up uh, pretty well there, so uh, the Bears struggled on the offensive side of uh, things on that one. 
All right, uh, we'll go to our next game. And this one was a loser. I think we were both uh, pretty off on this one. Um, Denver uh, ended up uh, beating up on the uh, Giants here, 27-13 uh, in this one. Uh, the Giants were two-and-a-half-point dogs. Um, it, it was a pretty close game. Broncos uh, made a couple plays in there to uh, stretch this lead out. But uh, if you really watch the game, the Broncos were just the uh, better team. Uh, Giants didn't, I, I think, offer really anything up uh, too much on offense. Uh, their line was uh, absolutely atrocious. Barkley had no running lanes. Daniel Jones uh, put up cosmetic sort of numbers, but I didn't think he looked all that good. And, of course, he had his uh, – fumble that he has to have every game that uh, certainly it's goes in contract. there. Yeah. Uh, Broncos, I thought, looked okay. Teddy Bridgewater did Teddy Bridgewater things. Uh, that rushing attack really looked good, gained 165 yards. Um, sadly, Judy's probably uh, – they say it's a severe ankle sprain, which actually might be worse than a break, but maybe they get him back at some point. But uh, he was really dominating the game till he got hurt. But uh, – what do you make of this uh, Broncos-Giants game here? You know, I, I do have to come clean. This is one of the few games that I didn't get to watch a lot of because when this game was on, I was stuck on red zone. Uh, but what I did catch were, you know, what they usually do on red zone, which is the highlights. I, I got to say, I don't know why, but I, I'm, I have a little thing for, you know, for, for the Giants and, and their, their young quarterback. I, I don't know what it is. I see a toughness in him. I see, I see, you know, he's very competitive and, and it's almost like doesn't matter what the score is. He's going to keep trying. He's going to keep coming at you right now. I understand this team has a lot of growing up to do and, you know, they still have some building to do to get to where they want to be. But, you know, if they can get Jones some, some legit weapons and they can build, you know, a good offensive line to give him some protection, I, I think this kid can take you somewhere. I think he's got he's got some potential. I really like what I see from him. And and these are the intangibles. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, his posture or his, you know, his his arm or his throwing motion. I'm just talking about, you know, his intangibles. I, I really like what I see. And I think that going forward, this team's going to get better. As, as, as The longer they play together and stay healthy, I think they're going to get better. Yeah, I guess I could see it. I, I just see – too many turnovers from him and uh that's just something that's gonna cost you games especially with the way this Giants team play uh which you know it's always going to be a close game this one was uh you know a close game and you know that fumble really really hurt them uh really bad uh pretty impressed with the Broncos to go there and get a, a you know a road win that's a tough thing to do uh, that gets them off to a pretty good mark I mentioned the Judy injury though that really really you know hurts they do have some receiver depth but uh you know that's I think Judy was gonna sort of start to put himself into an elite place in the uh, receiver category and with him going down that you know, just takes a little bit of a nick on this offense. You know, it hurts Teddy Bridgewater a little bit. Who's He's not the kind of quarterback who's going to win you games. He's just going to, you know, sort of keep you there. And uh, without Judy there, it just is a, a weapon that goes away. But uh, impressed overall with the Broncos, uh, I, I thought – uh, they played really, really uh, solid. I, I thought their defense was pretty good. Uh, the Giants' defense, I, I thought, was all right, uh, but uh, it, it just seemed to come and go. It, you know, it, it it found spots where it gave up uh, too many big plays. Yeah, and I again, I think that goes into 
them having to grow up and you know really develop the an identity for themselves i don't think they're quite there yet but like i said they're they've shown me certain things that i like about them um but you know overall uh you got to give props for props are doing the broncos came out and they won this one so congratulations to the broncos yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move to our next game. We got the win on this one. We had the Arizona Cardinals versus Tennessee Titans over first half, 24 and a half. And, uh, well, uh, all that uh, who scored, all that uh, propaganda about the uh, Titans defense uh, being an upgrade. Uh, sadly, that was not true. I somehow think it was worse oh. than last year's defense. And uh, that being said, the offense couldn't block Chandler Jones and uh, couldn't get anybody going in this one. So, uh, you know, uh, Arizona just lit uh, Tennessee up uh, pretty much from the start uh, to finish. Uh, I know Mike Gravel tried to uh, blame Julio Jones for his personal foul penalty when it was dead nothing. And that was what swung the game but uh what swung the game was their uh bad e- defense and the ability not to get derrick henry involved in the game and uh really having no yards but uh murray was uh exceptional in this game uh 289 four touchdowns did have a, a pick but uh was uh able to control this game really hit explosive plays i, I thought all the receivers on arizona uh looked really really good now how much of that is the titan secondary i don't know but hopkins had a big day 83 for two touch uh kirk was running wide open down there at 70 yards and two touch uh rondell moore had 68 yards uh receiving so uh just a good overall day for the uh arizona Cardinals and uh tennessee titans uh defense still an issue what'd you make of this one now you're probably gonna hate that i'm doing this but and just so we're clear i'm not doing this to defend dynamite okay because as we all know he's a huge titans fan okay so it was a very sad sunday <laughs> hey, hey you just kept egging him all too that was the, uh, oh god i could have stopped laughing i was just reading those texts laughing but uh i'll tell you this okay i i think this was more about the tennessee titans coming in flat-footed and that defense not being any better than they were last year if that makes any sense I don't, I don't think this was so much about the Cardinals. To me, you know, and this goes against what you said, but when I look at Kyler Murray, like, to me, he's the exact same quarterback that I saw last season. Uh, I saw him make some throws that were questionable at best. I saw him make a lot of plays, you know, and a lot of times he makes bad throws, bad decisions. They just happen to work out for him. Uh, you know, he's got – a God-given talent to be able to scramble around and, you know, evade tacklers. Uh, part of being small probably helps him too. You know, he's quick, he's fast, he's agile, and, and, but he never stops looking downfield. And sometimes that's, you know, also a, a, a nick on your, on your armor um, because he threw a couple balls that very easily could have been picked. Um, he just happened to have completed them. So we look at him, we're like, Oh, Kyler Murray, you're great. You're great. But I think I really hope for his sake and for any Arizona Cardinal fans out there uh, for their sake, I hope that this is just week one, you know, jitters and, you know, game one, because if he keeps making mistakes like these, it seems like Seattle uh, against seems like Tampa Bay, they're not going to be as easy going, you know, as the Titans uh, secondary was, they're going to make you pay. So I really hope he settles down. I know that he's got some nice shiny weapons on the outside, but, you know, it seems like that defense plays a lot better now. If he can rely on that defense, play smart, don't hurt yourself, don't overdo anything, they'll be fine. But, again, 
to me, he's the same Conor Murray of last season. Yeah, we'll see if he can uh, sort of put, uh, you know, games together where it's not just one and then a couple bad ones and then another good one. Uh, consistency would be the name of the game. Uh, but uh, you said it, you mentioned the Cardinals defense. That really was the star uh, of this uh, game. Uh, they looked really explosive along that uh, front four. And then the uh, linebackers there uh, also looked really, really dominant in this game. Uh, I still have some questions about the secondary. We'll see how that goes in games where they can block that front four uh tennessee really couldn't take advantage of that uh you know we mentioned henry couldn't get going uh because that front seven was so much in the backfield therefore the play action game couldn't really get going and we couldn't get uh you know aj brown and julio jones uh matched up on those corners like we wanted and then this game was just a runaway and you know over uh by the third quarter but uh, I guess we have to bring it up. Uh, it is week one. It's probably time to overreact. But, uh, you know, Derrick Henry has had a ton, a ton of carries the last two years. Um, is there any worry that, uh, you know, it, it's sort of that running back uh, falling off a cliff here? I, I, we mentioned it a little bit in our preview show, uh, but he had that tough game versus the Ravens uh, to exit the playoffs. And then this one, he just – couldn't find a hole, couldn't get going. How much do you make of that of the Tennessee line? How much do you make of that of maybe, uh, you know, 600 carries in two years, starting to have a little bit of wear and tear on that body? You know, I said it during the uh, preseason, uh, you know, uh, previews. I think there's definitely a little bit of wear and tear, but I don't think it's enough to make a huge impact on such a great running back like Derrick Henry. Um, I, I honestly think that, his performance this game is a mixture of a couple of things. One, the way the game was playing itself out, you know, they were down early and it seemed like they really couldn't keep their offense on the, on the field long enough to, you know, kind of get that ground game going. I believe I checked at one point and I, I believe it's the like second quarter, maybe halftime. And I think he had seven carries. We're talking about Derrick Henry, a guy who's broken 2,000 yards, and you have seven carries going into halftime. That just boggles my mind. So I, I think that was one of the factors uh, that played into it. And second, I mean, it's just a game plan. that that you got to put that on the coach. I don't care what the score is. Whatever can be done in one half can be done in the second half. So at some point, you have to establish some sort of balance. I know that you know the Cardinals were playing really stout run defense, but – I don't think that's an excuse for not trying. I, I don't think the attempts were there. Derrick Henry's not the kind of guy who's going to burst off every time. He's a workhorse. You got to give him a good load, and he's going to break a few. And I just don't think the game enough tries. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that uh, sort of shapes out. Uh, they got another tough one going to Seattle this week. So, uh, you know, it, it might get worse before it gets better uh, for the Tennessee Titans here. We'll see if that defense uh, can step up any in uh, week two here. So uh, we move to our last game in the mutuals, and uh, we got a little beef here. Uh, I had broken up with this. We had split ways. I was dating stewardess. They were dating club promoters. The world was a happy place. And then you come in and get us back together. Oh, I really liked you two together. You were great together. We loved you together. So we get back together. And once again, this toxic relationship goes sour. <laughs> And it's a bad one. And then nonetheless, now you have me second-guessing myself. 
on my side piece of the Philadelphia Eagles and questioning whether they might be good. So the Atlanta Falcons, um, possibly the worst team of the weekend. Uh, this game was brutal, uh, beyond brutal. Uh, the Falcons were awful on defense. They were awful on offense. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles look like the uh, second coming of their Super Bowl team. Um, Jalen Hurts was able to throw for 264 yards, run for 62 yards, throw three touchdowns. Uh, Miles Sanders was able to run on him. Uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rieger, Dallas Goddard were all running all over the place on them. Uh, what is your explanation for this game, my friend? <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm going to start by defending myself, okay? And I'm just going to say, I, I talked Jalen Hurts up last season. Uh, I talked about how the Philadelphia Eagles were, were better with him at quarterback. I so, want you to talk about you getting me back into a toxic relationship with the Atlanta Falcons. First and all, now making me love on my side piece the Philadelphia Eagles, who I'm going to think are good. See, this is, this is where you're mistaken, okay? Because unlike you, I don't mind listening to myself talk. So <laughs> I went back and I looked at our previous show. And I believe you were the one selling me on the Falcons. I don't believe so. I broke up with the Falcons in the summer. No, I broke up with the Falcons last no. season. You were in love with Matthew Ryan. You were telling me all about Kyle Pitts and his fast moves and how Calvin Ridley was going to be the greatest receiver ever and how Mike Davis was a good running back. And then somehow Cordell Patterson ends up as the best player on the floor and playing halfback. Um <sighs> Uh, uh, this Falcons team is awful. I think. Um, <laughs> I, I think we just take our L here and and, uh, and talk about the game a little bit. All right. Uh, let's just ignore the Falcons. Um, they were terrible both sides of the ball. Um, I, I don't know what to say about them. Their offense looked atrocious. Their defense looked even more atrocious. Let's talk about this Eagles team. What do you make of them? Do you think this is something that uh, can be continued? I was impressed with how they sort of tailored the uh, offense to Jalen Hurts' skill set, uh, you know, how they tailored the offense to everyone on this team's skill set, uh, and that uh, front seven rushed the passer really, really well. Uh, Atlanta couldn't take advantage of the secondary. So were we wrong about this Eagles team? Are they going to be good, or is just – just uh, week one, they played a terrible team, and uh, you know um, they become a pumpkin here in the next couple weeks. Okay, so I'm not going to say that we were wrong about them, but I'm also not going to say we were right. You know, I think we said it several times, and we said it even going to last season. Their pass rush is probably their best asset on that team. Philadelphia can get after the quarterback in certain games. Uh, when they can't, that's when their secondary gets exposed. Uh, and they had very little offense to speak of last season. So that's one of the reasons why they were so bad. This season, we thought that they'd be set a little settled in. They brought in a couple of pieces in on offense to at least improve it somewhat. Um, defensively, there weren't big changes. But we we did say that we still thought they could get after the quarterback, you know, if they are put in a good situation. That's what happened here. And I don't know how much of that is Atlanta being really bad or it's just week one. But, of course, you know, it's overreaction. Well, it's Tuesday now, but um, 
yeah, I guess we're just going to overreact and we're just going to say that, you know, the Eagles are good and Atlanta's bad. But in reality, I, I think that this raises more questions about Philadelphia than it actually answers. Yeah, uh, I, I'll be curious to see how they do going forward. Uh, you know, I, I'm rooting for uh, Jalen Hurts uh, and this Eagles side. I, I really like Jalen Hurts. I want him to be, you know, a, a good uh, NFL quarterback. Uh, we'll see if uh, they're able to tailor this into that uh, sort of thing. And uh, they sort of uh, are the surprise team of both the NFC East and the NFC. Uh, we'll see in the weeks to come. So uh, we finished three and two on our mutual picks. So that's not bad in the money. If uh, someone hadn't talked to in me into a, a, a former lover, uh, then we probably would have had a better record overall. But uh, anyway, uh, three and two to start the season on our mutual picks. Uh, not too bad. Uh, my picks went seven, two, and one on the week. So I had a hot week overall. Uh, my first pick was Arizona plus the three versus the Tennessee Titans. We already talked about that game. Uh, next up, I had the Washington football team plus one versus the LA Chargers. Uh, I, I thought the Chargers really looked good in this game. I, I didn't think Washington looked great. Uh, then Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. And actually, I thought the Washington looked better once uh, Heineke came in there. Uh, but, uh, you know, what'd you make of this game? 2016 for the uh, Chargers. Herbert threw for 337 touchdown interception. Uh, you know, Allen, Williams, uh, Cook all sort of uh, beat up on that Washington secondary. Uh, I didn't think the Washington defense played all that well. Uh, Gibson looked pretty good uh, for Washington, but uh, that was about it. Uh, what'd you make of this game? Uh, I, there was a couple of uh, storylines that I took from this. One was the uh, loss of Fitzpatrick uh, for at least, you know, half of the season. I believe it's going to be like eight weeks or so. Uh, he's not on, on IR, is he? Uh, I, I didn't see if they put him on there, but uh, I'd be a little worried. Old quarterback, hip injury. Uh, that's not uh, really something that you uh, just pop right back from, uh, especially with a quarterback. So that's probably the first storyline is the Fitzpatrick injury and him not being available for the majority of the season. Does this help or, uh, you know, maybe develop or bring along? Uh, I, I don't know what we saw him play last season. Yeah. Fitzpatrick. Uh, Heineke. Yeah. You know, I always want to call him Heineken for some reason, but <laughs> um, we saw him play last season and, and we weren't too impressed. You know, I, I can't say that, there has to be much of an improvement there this season if he was chosen to be the backup to an aging, uh, not to be offensive, but an aging journeyman quarterback. Um, that just probably tells you where he at, where he's at, you know, at least skill-wise. The next thing was Herbert. I think he's legit. You know, I kind of expected him to have at least for week one, a little bit of a slump, you know, kind of rust, you know, the hype off of last season, rookie of the year but he looked good man he made some really nice throws he has a cannon for an arm the guy can throw the ball and it doesn't hurt that he's got you know a really underrated wide receiver like we talked about during the preview in keenan allen um and even eckler eckler had a good game i think that chargers although still probably not good i think they're definitely better than they were last season i think that it's probably a team that we have to keep our eye on yeah, uh, I, I came away probably most impressed by this Chargers defense. Uh, you won't be uh, surprised that uh, Darwin James came back and was like the highest graded player on their defensive side of things. So 
you know, if uh, him and Bosa stay healthy, uh, this defense could be a little bit better than we thought. I thought it was really impressive the way uh, the offense uh, went in there and uh, beat Washington in Washington cross country. So uh, th- this Charger team might be uh, pushing there for a, a playoff spot uh, if they can uh, win games like this because this is the type of game they need to win to uh, get into that playoff uh, position here. So it uh, really, really impressive game. I thought uh, defensively it showed uh, the defense can play with the offense. It showed the offense uh, can sort of find yards first uh, a pretty good uh, Washington defense um, we'll be curious to see how Washington does I, I think that's the most things I come away with here is uh you know I, I was pretty bullish that thinking Washington was going to be good coming into the season uh, the offense looked to a poor um, you know the defense didn't look bad uh, but it didn't look uh, you know on an elite level, like they would need to be, uh, say, when we get to the, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers game. The Pittsburgh Steelers game won them that uh, game versus the Buffalo Bills. The Washington defense had to win them this game versus the Chargers. They weren't capable of doing that. Um, so, you know, I, I maybe have a couple more questions uh, this week about the Washington football team, uh, but I come away really, really impressed by the Chargers here. Yeah, I agree. I think that they're going to be exciting going forward. Uh, we'll just have to see if they can keep it up. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, we I pushed on this game, but actually by Saturday, the line was down to uh, three and a half. So the uh, Carolina Panthers uh, beat the uh, New York Jets and uh, I, I wouldn't go as far as an entertaining game, a, uh, a football game. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think I mentioned the Jets scare me because they backdoor cover this thing and uh you know carolina was up i, I believe about 19-8 and then you know uh jets got a token to score there at the end and uh couldn't uh come all the way back but uh y- you know donald looked uh pretty solid uh mccaffrey was ridiculously good as always uh you know 100 yards rushing like 90 yards receiving uh dj moore and robbie anderson made plays um you know, I, I thought the Carolina defense looked okay. Uh, you don't know how much of that is this bad, bad uh, sort of Jets team, it, it, you know, uh, losing that uh, offensive tackle that they drafted in the first round, uh, you know, for the Jets is really, really going to hurt them even more. Um, so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Jets deal with this. Uh, you know, their defense was already decimated in the preseason by injuries, and then they lose their uh, tackle. Uh, in the opening game for the season. So uh, the Jets, uh, things sort of get worse. I I thought Zach Wilson played pretty well. What would you make of this game? I mean, other than McCaffrey kind of going off, uh, especially when he was going up against me in fantasy, uh, I mean, I I, I said it it was a game between two teams that are considered to be in some sort of rebuild mode you know, one's probably further ahead than the other, and the outcome probably shows you what, you know, which one is which. Um, with that being said, you know, kind of nice if you're from, uh, you know, you're a Jets fan or you're from that area, and uh, there's a little bit of a storyline here, Darnold going up against his old team. Uh, so, you know, entertainment, but, you know, I mean, not too exciting. It's just, you know, like I said, two teams that are just trying to build their way up and – uh We'll see what they have going forward. It's week one. I'm, I'm not putting too much uh, into this. I think that both of them can still kind of turn it around either for the positive or the negative, but uh, all that stuff remains to be seen. Yeah, uh, I think you mentioned it sort of too 
uh, rebuilding teams, uh, you know, Carolina's probably closer into their phase of, uh, you know, pulling out of that rebuild and wanting to contend for a playoff spot. Uh, they probably would like to contend for a playoff spot this year. Uh, we'll see if they can get there. Uh, Jets uh, really just beginning uh, their phase of uh, rebuilding. Um, what do you think of Zach Wilson? Um, good, bad, ugly, uh, mixture of both. I mean, I wouldn't say ugly. Uh... I, I saw a lot of good things. I, I saw some okay things. I saw some things you could clean up. But, uh, I mean, overall, it's his first game. And, you know, playing in New York, even if it's just the Jets, you know, it's there's still a lot of pressure. You know, the media is constantly, you know, scrutinizing every little thing you do, uh, whether it's good or bad. And, you know, it's tough to to start off like that, especially – with the franchise that doesn't have very high expectations. So, I mean, you know, I think that this is probably the best thing he could do right now is just go out there, play, and just get some experience under your belt. Uh, you know, there's plenty of guys who started off just like that, and now they're in a much better place. So I'm not saying he's going to leave the Jets. I'm just saying their team is much better now. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on past that one and uh, uh, go to my next win. Uh, Seattle plus two versus Indianapolis. We already talked about that game. We go to one of our battles. Uh, I had the Cincinnati Bengals plus three. You had the Minnesota Vikings uh, minus three. Well, well, well. How does it feel to be in the Kirk Cousins uh, camp here? You know, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to me losing our head-to-heads. Well, you keep uh, backing Kirk Cousins and uh, see where that gets you uh, in head-to-heads. But uh, Bengals play pretty well. Uh, Vikings played pretty awful. Uh, I-, I will say great ballots, uh, 27 passes, 36 runs for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, 149 yards on the ground, 217 yards in the air. Uh, I-, I don't know uh, – I guess I have to give the defense credit for Cincinnati. I thought it played really, really well. Uh, how much of that was the uh, atrocious uh, Vikings offense? I don't know. Uh, but uh, 27-24, overtime win for the Bengals. What did you make of this game? You know, I was keeping an eye on this one because it was one of our head-to-head matchups. And I don't know. I, I guess I just expected the uh, the Vikings defense to – at least show up. And it seems like that defense just is not what it was a couple of seasons ago. Uh, you know, I thought that at least they had enough firepower on offense with, you know, Jefferson and Thielen and Cook. I thought that they could go out there and make, you know, make enough place to the, even if their defense wasn't great, they could, you know, come out on top, especially with the way the Bengals ended last year. I know that their quarterback got hurt and all that, but, you know, that defense just is not what it was. And I don't see them being able to keep up even with that, you know, all the stars on offense. If that offense isn't clicking because the quarterback is so important, he played poorly. Uh, they're not going to be able to keep up with anybody. And I, I do want to give those, so, you know, a shout out to the Bengals and the coaching staff. This is how you run a game. This is a more balanced game. You don't want to throw the ball 61 times, you know, your first game out with your rookie quarterback. So, um, you know, you got to give them props. They came out, they won the game, and I got to give you props. You you saw something that I didn't see, and you capitalized on it. 
Yeah, I, I think the biggest is uh, this is probably the uh, bust that goes on Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, numbers, uh, 36 of 49, 351 and two touchdowns. You look at that and think he's, uh, you know, the second <laughs> coming of John Elway. And then you're like, well, yeah, but uh, he was trailing the whole game. Uh, he couldn't lead them down to the game-winning touchdown when they had two minutes left. They had to kick a 54-yard field goal just to tie it. Uh, you know, he couldn't lead them in overtime when he had two chances on that side of the ball to get them any sort of points. And uh, flashy numbers, no substance, and uh, no win overall. Uh, you mentioned the Minnesota Vikings defense was not uh, that impressive. And really, honestly, I... I I think this team just hates each other. I literally think no one on this team likes anyone else on their team. Like, uh, this is go in the locker room, put on your pads, come out, play the game, shower, go home. I, I don't think there are a lot of team dinners uh, going on in this uh, Minnesota Vikers, Vikings locker room. Um, I'm curious, coaching-wise, uh, how long do you uh, leash do you think uh, – this Minnesota Vikings team has before they make a change on the coaching side of things? I mean, I think it's this season. I think that they've had too many circumstances over the last couple of seasons. They, they were at least sniffing the possibility of getting into a wild card. And if they seem to be, you know, trending the opposite way that you want to be trending, they seem to be, you know, on downward trends. Um, and hopefully this for them, this is a roller coaster type of situation where, you know, they're going down, but that's just to pick up more speed to go up that hill, you know, because uh, if they continue, you know, playing the way they're playing at least week one, I know it's only week one, but if they continue playing like this, they're not going to win a lot of games. And, you know, I think that they're seriously going to have to consider uh, making a change at the uh, coaching level. Yeah, I, I think so too. We'll we'll see if uh, something happens in season. I, I don't know if they go that far, but uh, we'll see how bad it gets for the Vikings. Uh, before we close out this game, uh, you think the Bengals are maybe a little better than we thought? Uh, they are in a very, very tough division. Uh, or do you think this is just a bad Vikings team who came in there and, uh, you know, Cincinnati took a bit of advantage of the situation? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's hard to really say that someone took advantage of a situation when they are preparing for it. You know, that's, that's their job is to put themselves in the right spot, um, either men both mentally and physically. And they came out prepared. It seemed like they were, you know, they weren't going to over uh, be looked past. They weren't going to, you know, uh, be underlooked, undervalued. They, they came in and they basically said they were going to make a statement. This is the type of thing we're going to be this season. And hopefully they keep playing that way going forward. But like you said, it's a very tough division they're playing in. And they're going to have to keep playing this way and better if they're going to want to compete. Um, obviously, it's a step in the right direction, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, uh, we'll see with the Cincinnati Bengals, but uh, this was a fun win to have uh, right off the start. Um, next up, uh, you know, uh, we talked about the Giants uh, plus two and a half of the Denver Broncos. I had that one. That was a loss. Uh, next up, I had a combo package in the Dolphins plus three over the Patriots and the uh, Dolphins Patriots under 43 double wins on that one. But uh, this uh, Dolphins uh, New England game, uh, you know, we speak about sloppy games. Uh, this was a pretty sloppy game, uh, sort of from both sides of the ball. Uh, Dolphins come out the winner, but uh, it, it, I don't know. Uh, New England should have won this game, but they made poor decisions. Uh, I, I thought Tua played well until that uh, one interception, which was you just can't 
throw up balls down the field like that. But uh, what'd you make of this game? 17, uh, 16 for the uh, Dolphins win here. You know, I was trying to catch this one on uh, NFL replay and you know what I saw at some point they took Tua out and I was trying to figure out why they took him out. Uh, that was just uh Brissett to run uh, like a uh, third and ones. Cause he's that big body quarterback, uh, you know, to sneak. Okay. That makes sense. Cause uh, when I was watching it, I'm like, okay, he hasn't played horrible at this point. I'm like, I don't understand what they're doing here. I think this is probably, uh, you know, uh, a good story, a feel good story for the for the Patriots. I think a lot of us thought that, you know, yes, they had the potential to be good because they have one of the best coaches of all time, um, and they have some weapons. You know, they paid. They finally decided to open up the the wallet and pay some of these guys. Uh, so I, I think it's more telling for them. It's it's a feel good story. They they're they're relevant at least to a level. You know, so, so the Bills lost, the Jets lost. The Dolphins won, but, you know, they lost too. So, I mean, they're only one game behind. Everyone else lost besides the team you faced off against. So, you're not far off. All you got to do is Mac Jones looked okay. I mean, he didn't look great, but, you know, I, I could see some of the things that they saw when they decided to draft the kid. I think that the future is bright, especially if they can kind of keep building around Jones. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean – not really much to say. I don't think there was too much going on in that game to really uh, make a big story, but divisional opponent, the office of care of business. What else can you say? Yeah. Uh, good win for the dolphins. Uh, I wasn't like overly impressed with uh, both sides. You mentioned, I mentioned the sloppy play. Uh, did think Mac Jones played pretty well. He played like Mac Jones uh, sort of does. Uh, Damian Harris was uh, running the ball really, really well until he fumbled uh, on the 10 yard line. It cost him uh, the game pretty much there. Uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of hype with uh, Ramon Derry Stevenson who uh, took his first carry fumbled and then uh, missed a block and got Mac Jones uh, smashed on the other one so uh if he's even still on the roster uh by the weekend i will be stunned uh but uh so uh that height train uh got derailed a little bit and then brandon bolden started taking uh his minutes uh aguilar i thought played pretty solid but uh once again i, I thought the receivers were lacking a little bit uh you know uh they didn't utilize the tight ends as well as i thought john who had 42 uh henry had 31 uh you know but that could be a little bit with that Dolphins secondary, who I think played really, really well. Um, I think there are a couple questions here in the New England secondary. Uh, Waddle was taking advantage of them pretty good here. Uh, now, you know, Stephon Gilmore is on uh, uh, IR right now. We'll see if he comes off of it. That will definitely help. But uh, I thought New England's front seven played pretty solid. But uh, I, I think that secondary needs a little work. Uh We'll just see how uh, New England progresses through here. But, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people were expecting, you know, uh, 11, 10 wins here. I don't know if it's that type of team. I, I think they'll be in the hunt. Uh, but, uh, you know, they look a bit like a 500 team here. Um, same with the Dolphins, but uh, getting a big road win in New England, uh, pretty big deal here. So uh, good win for uh, the Dolphins, but uh, pretty sloppy game overall, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I think the race for second place in the uh, AFC East 
is a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it uh, should be really, really interesting uh, to see how uh, these two teams sort of uh, progress uh, throughout the uh, year. Um, next up, uh, Rams, first half minus four for me. Got that win. Uh, and then the last game of the week, uh, Raiders plus four and a half versus Baltimore. Uh, got that win. So uh, that was a really, really entertaining game. Uh Raiders uh, came out a little bit slow, but uh, that second half, they sort of found a, a little bit of uh, their uh, offensive uh, mojo, and then uh, they uh, played really well in overtime, then played really bad in overtime, uh, and then got the victory in that one. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I thought both teams played well, and uh, turnover sort of decided. Lamar fumbled twice, uh, and uh, Las Vegas took advantage of it. You know, uh, really quick, just thought to touch up on this game a little bit. I I had a few bets. I got a little overconfident uh, when it came to betting on the Monday Night Football game. Uh, this was because I hit, you know, a few parlays on Sunday that I was like, ah, I can afford to drop a few extra bucks on this one. And before you knew it, I had quite a few bets for one game. Um, I had to go to work early in the morning the next day, so I watched as much as I could. I watched enough to feel confident that I'm going to hit my bets. And I went to sleep. Oh, no. Little do you you know, first thing that happens when I wake up is I go into my betting app. (laughs) And that's how my day started, okay? I ended up only hitting one of my four or five bets I had. So uh, it wasn't a good Monday night for me. But, uh, you know, Raiders, kudos to them. I I really thought that they were going to show up and – they showed up late to the party, but, you know, sometimes the cool kids show up late and take the pretty girl with them. So that's what happened this time. Yeah. Uh, good Raiders, uh, you know, passed the ball really, really well, handled that uh, cover zero sort of coverage by uh, Baltimore really well in that second half. Um, you know, Ravens, the only thing I thought – they sort of got away from the running game, which, you know, can be expected. I don't think they – Lamar had 12 carries for 86 yards, but, uh, you know, Williams hit a big one early, and then they didn't give him a ton of carries. Uh, Murray was – who had just gotten there like the day before. So it, it's sort of hard to judge. Like I said, Baltimore, when I, I made this pick, I think it's going to take them a couple games to sort of find their rhythm on that running game. I I thought Lamar passed it pretty well, uh, you know, for 235. Watkins and Brown both had pretty decent games. Andrews was a little off, but uh, I didn't really downgrade the Ravens too much in this. I I just think it's going to take them a couple games uh, due to the injuries they've had and uh, to sort of refine themselves in this one. Uh, But I did think the Raiders played well. Uh, The thing will be can the Raiders play well again next week I think uh, will be the real question to see if they can uh, sort of turn themselves into a playoff team you know I agree with you about the Ravens I, I'm not putting too much on this uh, I think that they obviously had a couple injuries that really shifted their whole game plan and probably uh, in the game plan going forward for the next couple of weeks but I, I think they'll get better I, I, I think to me the question here is going to be the Raiders because that first half it seemed like Derek Carr wants to exclusively just go to Waller. Uh, I believe he had like 10 targets in the first half. He had uh, about uh, 24 for the game. <laughs> I mean, at some point, it, it just became so predictable that it's probably one of the reasons why they had no success. Maybe he was just waiting. He was just trying to board me to sleep. And once he bored me to sleep, he's like, okay, and I'm going to use my other weapons because 
all I saw was him going Waller, and it became very predictable. It's one of the reasons why the Ravens were up ahead in that game. Uh, but I guess when I fell asleep, things must change because the outcome didn't go in my favor. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this Raiders uh, team uh, goes into week two, see if they can continue to play this uh, really sort of good offensive uh, style of football. But uh, so I've seven, two, and what? You finished three and four on the week. Uh, we already discussed all, all the games you bet on. You had a L for the Atlanta Falcons minus three, an L for the Tennessee Titans minus three. Uh, maybe bet on a team that can play defense and uh, doesn't have Tennessee Titan defensive coordinators uh, uh, going with it. Um, you got the win in the Arizona Cardinals, Tennessee Titans over first half. Win in the Seattle Seahawks plus two over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we already mentioned your Minnesota Vikings uh, loss versus Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, your love of the New York Jets did not come through with you. Uh, first, the uh, Denver Broncos and the LA Rams minus four first half was a winner for you. So uh, three and four overall to start the year. Not too bad. Uh, one game off 500, but uh, not a hot, hot start this to start the well, year it's a, it's a 17 week one so there's no more 500 that, that's why <laughs> all right uh the games we didn't hit up uh on the uh betting side of things uh let's talk about probably one of the biggest games of the week uh buffalo uh versus uh pittsburgh uh 23 uh pittsburgh pulled this out um <laughs> Pittsburgh's defense was really, really good. Uh, the offense was not good, uh, but they found a way to win it. Uh, that's sort of probably how Pittsburgh's going to be able to have to win games this year. I mean, you look overall at the total yards. Uh, Buffalo had uh, 370 to, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's 252. Uh, there was a punt block in this game. Um, you know, Buffalo did not manage their uh, sort of territories in the, uh, you know, red zone very well and, and just couldn't find points. And, uh, Pittsburgh managed to hang around, made a couple plays, and won this game. But uh, what do you make of this one? I mean, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game. I thought it was going to be a very um, telling game as far as, you know, where the power struggle lied in the AFC. You know, last season we saw the Steelers as the last undefeated team in the AFC and in the NFL. And uh, Buffalo Bills, obviously, we know the story there. They made a lot of noise going into the playoffs, win their division, and uh, Josh Allen even, you know, uh, was – there were murmurs out there about MVP. All that being said, I think we had very high hopes and expectations for the Bills this season. And, uh, you know, everyone other than you was probably slightly down or at least trending downwards on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You seem to be talking them up uh, during our previous show and things like that. So – Kudos to you for kind of seeing this. Uh, I don't know if you saw this coming or not, but, you know, you at least thought the potential was there. Um, but as you mentioned, it, uh, special teams and defense, that's the reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers came away with that win. Uh, they did enough to hold that, uh, you know, potent uh, Bills offense uh, and keep them under check. But I'm not going to, you know, downgrade the Bills over this. And I don't, I mean, I think Pittsburgh deserves some sort of upgrade, but I don't think it's, I don't think we should put too much stock into this win. Uh, it's a good win, and you move forward. They needed to win this game. Uh, as we mentioned earlier when we were talking about the over and the under total for the season, there were certain games that were kind of could have gone either way. With them winning this game, I think that they get close to the uh, possibility of actually going on that over. 
Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned it. I don't downgrade the Bills on this. Now, uh, you know, there are pundits who are like, I thought this Bills, the, the Steelers probably the best defense in the NFL. Uh, you know, the Rams probably have the most explosive defense, but uh, I think the Steelers defense is just a pain to play. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> tough loss, but uh, Pittsburgh found its way. I. I will say there were more concerns on the offensive side of things for Pittsburgh uh, than I thought. Uh, ben did not look great. I mean, he didn't look bad, but it looked more of the same of dump, 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 dump pass. That There's just, you know, it, it's looking, you know, more and more like Drew Brees, like those last couple of years where he just can't get the ball, you know, on those 12, 15, 20-yard routes. It, it's all short. Uh, you know, they weren't able to get Najee Harris going. The line couldn't block at all. Uh, you know, they did find ways to get points, and, and they won the game. But uh, it's going to be hard, you know, to do that every week, find ways to uh, get points. You know, uh, you can't rely on block punts to get your points every week in the NFL. Um, so I, I think I – I'm positive on this Pittsburgh Steelers defense thinking it's going to be able to dominate games, but uh, I, I come away a little more nervous on the offensive side of things. We'll see how that gels going forward. Uh, Buffalo, uh, you know, tough game. Couldn't find ways to put balls in the end zone. Uh, the only thing I'd say that's a little bit scary, you know, last year they, they were the highest pass percentage team. Uh, that seemed to trend again. Uh, they threw 51 times in this game and uh, it wasn't even like the running game was all that bad. Singletary was pretty solid. He had 11 carries for 72 yards. Uh, you know, Allen had his nine for 44. It just seems like they could lean on that a little bit more uh, instead of, you know, winging it all over the place all the time. Uh, but, you know, that's their style of play. I, I don't think that's going to change too, too much. Uh, so I just probably would like to see that come down be a little bit more uh, 38 to 45, depending on the situation, uh, then upwards into that 50s, uh, especially in a low-scoring game where it's like 23-16 here. Yeah, I mean, if you look at those past attempts, you would probably assume that it was a really high-scoring game. But obviously, defensively, both teams... Especially when they were winning the whole game until the you know last part of the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, defense special teams that... that you know, obviously you could see which one had the better one this particular Sunday. But, again, I'm not taking anything away from, from Buffalo. Uh, I do give a little bit of credit to that Steelers defense and that Steelers uh, special teams and the coaching staff. They they obviously put together a good game plan to attack this, uh, this Bills offense. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next game, San Francisco uh, versus Detroit. Uh, this was a blowout, and uh, then it – wasn't uh, I, I know you texted me that the charmed lady in your life uh, somehow managed to get the nice little Detroit Lions cover in this one. Uh, I, I mean, I can read you the stats, but uh, I, I think they're a little off from what the game actually entailed until basically the last two minutes of the game. Uh, you know, I, I thought San Francisco played really, really well uh, for the first you know, three and a half quarters, and then it, it looked like they shut down, and then all of a sudden they were in a little bit of a panic mode because uh, Detroit was driving down with a chance to tie the game. But uh, 
What'd you make of this one? Uh, 41-33 for Detroit. Uh, you know, uh, Moser gets hurt, done for the year. Uh, you know, that's a little sad, but, uh, you know, we mentioned in our preseason preview that the uh, Niners can sort of uh, replace backs pretty, pretty easy here. Yeah, you know, I, as I'm watching uh, sports media today, I hear all this talk about the Niners have fallen a few steps because with Mostert out, they're a different team. And I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, last season – they kept swapping guys in and out of the lineup. Yeah, Eliza Missile, a rookie out of Lafayette, came in and ran for 104 yards. I, I, and that doesn't even count the rookie Trey Sermon, who will get time too. We mentioned it last season. We mentioned it postseason. We mentioned it preseason. The, the Niners are one of the few teams that have a plug-and-play type of you know system where the next man up line – really comes into effect i think that they're they're just really well coached they they, they put together uh a, the type of game plan that suits the players that are going to be in the game um because they, they i know they played poorly last season but we saw a lot of toughness out of them and i think the expectation for them are a little higher this season you know with drafts and free agent acquisitions and healthy players coming back um I think that San Francisco really left their foot off the gas. They were dominating this game pretty much from the beginning till just about, you know, the third quarter. Um, I do want to kind of give a shout out to Jared Goff, even though he didn't play great. I felt like he was very poised. Uh, there were a few times when he did look like Jared Goff of LA, but you know, the lions, it's almost like they wanted to make a statement. This was their chance to say, we're not going to be a laughing stock. And, you know, say what you want to say about Jared Goff. He, you know, he is a team, he is an uh, NFC champion uh, quarterback. He did lead his team to a Super Bowl. So there's potential there. I, I think it's probably a better note for the Lions that they had a chance to at least keep up with one of the teams we believe is going to be a good team. Uh, the Niners, I'm not concerned about the injuries. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, I think they just need to really implement. I know they haven't been together for a long time, so it's hard to build that unity, that chemistry but they need to learn how to close out games. Yeah, uh, that would be the only thing. Uh, they need to close. This thing shouldn't even have been uh, anywhere near uh, that line. But, uh, you know, I, I will say Detroit played hard throughout. Uh, you know, that that might cost them draft picks, but it, it probably will get them a couple wins, uh, you know, uh, throughout the year where teams come in and, you know, San Francisco shuts it down in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden you're randomly in a game that uh, it, nobody was paying attention to after the uh, second quarter. So, uh, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how these Lions progress throughout the year, if they continue to play hard, if they can sneak a couple wins. Uh, you know, I, I thought Swift and Williams ran pretty well uh, and were uh, dangerous out of the backfield. Uh, you know, we mentioned they have no receivers, uh, and, and that bears fruit. Hockenstein, Swift, Williams, uh, their three leading receivers, a tight end and two running backs. Uh, I look for that to be similar uh, throughout the year, but uh, – Anyway, uh, you know, I, I thought the Niners played well. Uh, you know, they have just loads and loads of uh, talent. Debo, Kittle, uh, they set Ayuk uh, because of uh, disturbing, uh, I don't know what, uh, him and Sermon did bad things or showed up late. I don't know. But uh, those two will be back in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell came in, filled in well. Garoppolo, I thought, played pretty well. Um they snuck Lance in there for a sneaky little trick play touchdown. So uh, 
we'll see. Niners get the win and uh, pretty uh, good here. All right, uh, next game up, uh, the uh, Battle of Losers. Uh, though I say that, and Houston is now the uh, number one team in the uh, AFC South. So uh, who am I to judge? Uh, maybe they win it all. But uh, Houston won 37-21. Uh, Jags looked uh sloppy and bad in the first half uh got some token stuff in the second half uh texans took advantage beat up on a pretty bad jags defense and i uh, won this game yeah i mean there's not much to say you know it was nice to see the first round pick um i i saw some things that made him you know obviously tell you why he was the first round pick but i also see a lot of uh room for growth uh, a lot of uh room for learning and and developing um i think he's got some ways to go before he can fully blossom to the quarterback that everyone expects him to be but um you know kudos to uh houston uh i think a lot of people were really overlooking them uh we all kind of expect them to be the worst team this season and so far they're not one of the worst teams this season. They're up there with all the winners uh, with the top half of the league. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have a complaint about is uh, I, I went to uh, Michael's to go pick up an item at halftime of these games. And I, I'm driving there and I have this ESPN show on, uh, you know, Sirius XM. And they're doing their little red zone show. And who's ever hosting this show this year, it's like a married couple. And they were like, how come Trevor Lawrence isn't doing good? Uh, and I'm like, what in the world? This Jaguars team won one game last year. Trevor Lawrence is starting his first game as a rookie. With a new head coach. With a new head coach. And I'm like, do these people not know the level jump from college to pros? And and these are professional media people. And that's the only thing that Trevor Lawrence is probably not going to be all that great this year. Uh, you know, he did throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. He did throw three picks in there. But uh to play in the pros, it's very difficult. You know who was a good college player? Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Leinard. Yeah. You know who was also a good college player? Mark Ingram. He won a Heisman Trophy. The other side has all pro players, too. All who were great in college. Everybody is really, really good. The difference between highest highest level and the last man on a roster is not <laughs> that big it's big in college it's even bigger in high school but by this level it's just you can't expect this jaguars team to come out the gate and start throwing up 600 yard offensive performance and then shutting people down they won one game last year they were in games but they weren't that good a team so uh whatever people are expecting and i'm one who thinks the jags might win some games this year but i think they'll win games on the back end of the schedule not on the front end of the schedule and uh that's the only thing that uh, really bothered me was listening to ESPN Red Zone and asking why Trevor Lawrence wasn't doing better. Uh, he's a rookie in his first game <laughs> with playing against professionals. This isn't the Citadel he is going up against with a team full of NFL players. <laughs> I will say I do have a little bit of a pet peeve, uh, which I'll probably bring up later on. All right, uh, next up, Cleveland Browns, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Cleveland had this game until the Kansas City Chiefs did their little thing where they try for five minutes, uh, score about uh, 23 points in uh, a five-minute stretch, and uh, pulled this game out. Uh, 
it, it was an entertaining game. Uh, I, I thought Cleveland played pretty well until that last quarter, but uh, Chiefs are the Chiefs. And uh, when they uh, hit that uh, turbo boost button, they're just hard to stop. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I really didn't think that the Browns were going to find a way to win this game. I thought they could, but I didn't think they would. Um, the Chiefs, even when they're on autopilot, you know, they, they seem to be able to turn it on almost like on, you know, on, on, a, on a dime. It, it's just – it's amazing how good this team can be, which is a little bit shocking uh, when you look at last year's Super Bowl and kind of see the way that turned out because it, it wasn't the same team, at least in my opinion. You know, I, I can't take anything away from either team. I think both teams played a solid game, um, especially for it being week one. And I'm excited to see both teams going forward. I think both teams show a lot of potential. They both showed, you know, uh, like they have a lot of uh, weapons on offense and even some weapons on defense. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they do going forward. Yeah, uh, the only thing I wanted to ask you a question about this, you know, uh, this game played out a lot like their playoff game uh, there. Um you know, if Cleveland really, really uh, wants to sort of get to that uh, level where the Chiefs are trying to compete for Super Bowls, I I'm just curious. Baker had the ball to drive down and sort of win him the game. Did you have any faith that he was going to drive down and win him that game? Okay, so I, I – and this is not a knock on Baker. I think he's a, you know, he's a good quarterback. I just don't think he's that type of quarterback. I know that he's made some very explosive plays back in college, but this is in college, as you mentioned in the previous, uh, you know, review. Um, everybody's good in the NFL. Even the bad teams have good players. And it's just a matter of fit. And, and you know, I, I don't see him as that type of quarterback. I don't see him as the type of quarterback that's going to, you know, win you a game late, you know, with his arm. Um I think he's the type of quarterback that has to use his head uh, and kind of read scenarios. You know, he's got a couple of really good backs, you know, in his backfield. Um, I also think that not having his, you know, his other weapon at, at the skill at wideout, you know, oh, the outback will not be in there. I think really put a damper on what he could do because I think he's a different player. He's a more confident player when he has all his weapons to play with all his toys to play with, but that just wasn't the case. And, uh, I personally wouldn't want him leading my team on a victory uh, drive, but you know, that's not to say he's not capable of it. Yeah. I, it just makes me a little nervous. I, I just wonder, I, I mean, I don't take a lot from this loss, but uh, I think this team will be in the playoffs, but uh, when you get in that situation in the playoffs and he has the ball, he needs to drive you down in that two minute situation to win you the game. I don't know if he can do that. I know Patrick Mahomes can do that. I know Tom Brady can do that. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers can do that. I even see Garoppolo has done that. Russell Wilson, we know, has done that. Uh, so I, I just wonder if that position needs to really, really be upgraded uh, for this Cleveland Browns team to be more than just a playoff team, to uh, be, say, like, you know, Cincinnati in the uh, mid-2000s. They were always making the playoffs. They were a very good team with, uh, you know, A.J. Green and company. Uh, had a good defense, uh, like Cleveland does. Uh, but then they got in the playoff games, and you never really believed they were going to make a run and win playoff games. You know, you're always going to have teams like that. I, I think that – but, you know – to play devil's advocate here, you know, you have other teams uh, where 
their quarterback is, you know, at best a game manager. And, you know, with defense and scheme, they can go all the way. And I, I'm looking at the Ravens here, for example. Uh, <laughs> they they didn't have the greatest quarterback when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, that team was led by its defense and by its head coach. And uh, I think you can win like that. It's just very, very hard. And when you have a guy who solidified himself, not just with his teammates in the locker room, but with the community itself, it seems like Cleveland is really behind Baker. They believe that he's the guy that's going to lead them to the promise line. It's really hard to move on from someone like that to someone else who still hasn't proven anything. At least Baker has proven the fact that he can lead his team to the playoffs. Yeah. All right. Uh, last game of the week. Uh, it, it bordered Atlanta for the uh, worst game of the week. Um, anyway, Saints won 38-3 uh, in this one. Uh, Saints looked pretty good, ran the ball great. Uh, Jameis was controlled and disciplined. Um, I, I don't think the Packers knew the season has started. So uh, what do you make of this one? Uh, I, I don't know what sort of analysis we can do. The uh, Packers were not there this week. Uh, Saints rolled them. <laughs> I will say this, okay, go back to last season's show when Brees was out and the big debate, is it going to be Winston? Is it going to be Hill? Who's going to be the starter? I remember a certain person that came out and said, I believe, even against everybody else who kept talking about Hill, he's so explosive, he can do this, he can do that. I remember one guy that went against the grain, and that guy stood tall for what he believed, and he believed that Winston was the guy. Okay. Well, uh, I hate to inform you, but if Taysom Hill had been the quarterback, uh, they still would have won this game. <laughs> listen, I, I, listen, I'm going to get into it in a little bit, I, but you know, because this game might come up uh, as we go forward in the show. But I thought that the Saints did a really good job. I did not see this coming. I thought that the Saints still had too many questions to answer to themselves as far as what kind of team they were going to be. Uh, and I thought that Green Bay was just too good based off of last season's results. So I did not see this outcome happening. It, it, it actually shocked me. I'll say that. I'll go as far as to say I was shocked. Um, but I, I do want to give kudos and respect to the Saints and their organization. They came out and even, you know, on a home game where they really weren't at home, they took care of business. And that's tough to do against a tough opponent. Um, they made him look like uh, the Cleveland Browns of, uh, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought the offense looked really, really balanced for the Saints. I, I think uh, more than anything, I, I came away with uh, the Saints defense looked pretty good. And uh, they had some losses on that side of the ball, uh, but their pass rush looked solid. Uh, their secondary looked good. So, if that Saints defense can maintain, uh, you know, I, I think Sean Payton could scheme his way with uh, essentially anyone playing quarterback. Uh, I think he's only lost like two games uh, that uh, that Breeze hadn't played in. If you, you know, quote unquote, count this one as one Breeze hasn't played in. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I was impressed with the Saints, but uh, it, it's really hard for me to totally gauge because the uh, Packers just weren't there at all so uh good win for the saints uh packers i, I don't know what you say uh, i am a little bit on the rogers side of things here of uh it's game one in a six, 17 game season uh lafleur was a little more you know doom and gloom uh that that would job. be my, yeah i know that that's sort of his job but uh you know uh you know 
it, it does seem like there's a little bit of a bad uh, juju. I, I mentioned the uh, Vikings, no one liking each other. I, I think the Packers like each other a little more, but there's a little bit of a bad juju uh, sort of hovering around that team right now. Yeah, I don't know how much of it has to do with the uh, holdout situation with Aaron Rodgers or them, you know, kind of uh, basically saying that we're getting ready to move on to the next guy. Uh, because I, I was trying to find this story. I, I saw it as I was strolling. Something had to do with Aaron Rodgers basically telling the team and the coach, you drafted him to replace me, then replace me, uh, where I believe the headlines are, you know, obviously a lot of the stuff is, you know, clickbait, but I don't know. We talked about it. We, we, I want to see how this game went more to kind of see what the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers organization was. And of course, you know, there's all these conspiracy theories out there that he came back just to ruin the Packers season. Uh, you know, it's, it's week one. And in the words of Aaron Rodgers, relax. Okay. It's a long season. It's an extended season. Um, I, I don't put too much into this loss. You just take it, take your lumps and move on. Uh, kudos to the Saints. They came out, they handled business. I think Sean Payton, as good of a coach as we know he is, I think he's still somewhat underrated. You know, he's really good at scheming and coming up with plans to uh, to beat teams even when you don't expect it with, you know, guys that were irrelevant uh, a year ago. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that wraps up our week one in the books. Uh, pretty entertaining week one. Uh, we'll see how week two uh, progresses uh, this week. Um, we'll get into a little bit uh, the Thursday game, uh, which is the uh, Washington uh, football team uh, this week. Uh, playing the Oh, who were they playing? Now I'm blanking. <laughs> uh, Giants. There we go. I knew it was one of the NFC East. I couldn't remember if it was the Giants or the Eagles. Washington football team playing the New York Giants. Both coming off a disappointing uh, opening week. Uh, I, I guess Heineke will be the quarterback. Uh, the spread is three and a half for Washington here. Uh, what do you make of this game? You know me. I've got I've got a little thing going on, a little love affair with the uh, with the Giants, uh, especially on the offense side of the ball. Uh, I think that the injury to Fitzpatrick probably changes things a little bit in uh, in Washington. I thought that he was definitely, you know, even though he's not a great quarterback, uh, more of a journeyman. I thought that he was still head, you know, head heads above all the other guys as far as talent was concerned. Uh, so I think this puts a, a strain on the offense. Um, you're going to have to really rely on the run game a lot more. And I think that it's going to become a little too obvious as far as what that team offensively can do. They're going to have to rely on their defense a lot, which can't show up every single game. So I kind of like the Giants in this one, especially when they're getting points. Yeah, uh, I, I don't love the line of Washington, but I think Washington will come away with a win uh, on this uh, short of short week home game. So uh, I, I don't have a bet per se right now. So uh, I think Washington will come away with a win, but uh, three and a half seems a bit large for me. I mean, you know, everywhere, the, every single person I've asked, they're thinking that Washington is probably going to take this game. I don't know why. I know I'm crazy and I'll probably give you the only person, but I, I, like I said, I like, I like New York in this one. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move to our best and uh, worst of the week. So uh, on the offensive side of things, where are you going on the uh, best? Okay, well, for best uh, best of the week on offense, you know, not the sexiest pick, not the, you know, most flashy one. 
but I thought very deserving. And I'm going with James Winston, quarterback of the uh, New Orleans Saints. I thought that he was a very efficient 14 of 20. Uh, I believe he threw for 140, 150 yards, something like that. Uh, but he also threw five touchdowns. So the numbers aren't crazy, but super efficient. And, uh, you know, when he had his opportunities to get the ball in the end zone, he got into the end zone, which is what you need to do, especially uh, against a really great and potent offense uh, that Green Bay shows that they could really – at any point come in and score 30 on you. So the fact that he was able to get the ball into the end zone uh, was, you know, really good for him and his team, a good sign going forward. Uh, I thought that after basically a year off uh, and coming off of one of the worst seasons of his career with all those interceptions, I thought that this was uh, a feel good story for him. And I thought he deserved a shout out uh, him and his LASIK doctor. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I thought it was a really, really good game for Jalen Hurts. Uh, he sort of showed in this one that he uh, might be able to uh, play quarterback in the NFL. I thought the Eagles did a really, really good job of uh, sort of tailoring the offense to him. Uh, so uh, I'm going with Jalen Hurts as my uh, offensive player of the week. Uh, on the defensive side of things, where are you going? You know, most of the time for defense, I like to – try to get an entire unit just because a lot of these guys don't get love uh, except for the, you know, the Aaron Donalds and the JJ, the JJ Watts of the world. So with that being said, I wanted to do an entire team, but I thought that this individual deserved to be mentioned on his own uh, Chandler Jones from Arizona. Uh, you know, he obviously had a monster game and uh, I don't know how much that had to do with the fact that times just couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't stop a nosebleed, but I thought that regardless this is professional football, and people do get paid to stop him. He was able to get to the quarterback, and obviously the score shows uh, what kind of effect that had. So he's my uh, best of the week for defense. Yeah, uh, we're on the same wavelength here. Uh, I went uh, with uh, Chandler Jones as well. Five sacks in a game. I, I, I don't think uh, – anyone can even come close to that. So uh, Chandler Jones uh, playing for a very large contract uh, next season, uh, my defensive player of the week. So uh, do you got a coach of the week? I do have a coach of the week. Uh, for best coach of the week, uh, I went with Mike Tomlin. Uh, I know it's only one game, uh, but he beat a team that many predicted to possibly win it all. Uh, so I think it's a good step going forward. Uh, especially the way that they had to win, where it wasn't just offense and it wasn't just defense. It was a complete team win, uh, literally a complete team win. So I thought Tomlin deserved a little bit of credit uh, week one. Yeah, uh, well, you're going to like this one. I'm going with Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we were uh, pretty hard on him uh, last year, and uh, I, I don't think either of us thought he was all that great a coach, but uh, he, he seemed to come out and uh, show some balance, uh, really ran that uh, offensive side of things really, really well. Uh, Joe Burrow only got murdered about five or six times in this game instead of the 15 times uh, last year. Uh, I mean, the Bengals' <laughs> offensive line is still very, very poor, and uh, the Vikings' um, we're very poor on defense, but uh, anyway, uh, Zach Taylor, good game plan, balance, uh, maybe showed a little bit of uh, knowing that he, he needed to scale back a little bit from last year. So uh, Zach Taylor is my off uh, my coach of the week. Do you know how you counter an offensive line that can't block for your quarterback? You run the ball. <laughs> uh, but anyways, let's move on to the worst of the week. All right, let's move on to the worst of the week. And uh, where are you going on the uh, offensive side of things? 
you know, on offense, I think it's no surprise when I say this, but I'm going with the former MVP, Aaron Rodgers, uh, who went 15 of 28 for 133 yards and two interceptions. He didn't throw a single touchdown. And I know that a lot of people assumed this New Orleans defense was going to be a lot weaker than they were last year. But we mentioned that they had the possibility of being just as good as they were last season, which was really good, especially when Breeze was out. And they completely shut Aaron Rodgers down. There was nothing to celebrate here. Uh, It was just a really bad game for him. And I know that it's only week one, but we have to pick somebody. And to me, he's the worst of the week. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, one from the Thursday game, and I'm going with Zeke Elliott. Uh, We had to hear a lot of noise about how he uh, slimmed down and lost weight. Uh, It it didn't seem to factor too much in that Tampa Bay game. It it, it still looks a little bit like Tony Pollard hits those holes a little harder and a little faster, Uh, you know, and it, it was just a bad game for Zeke. Now, some of that has to do with the Cowboys as well. It doesn't all sit on him, uh, but I, I thought he was really, really poor. And then you look at his grades overall, and he he was the sort of worst running back of the week as well. So uh, Zeke Elliott is uh, my worst of the week on the offensive side of things. All right, what do you got on the defensive side of things here? You know, on defense, I'm going to go with the team this time around because I was really disappointed with this team as a whole. And that's the Falcons' defensive unit. You know, I you can't like, use them every week. Oh, if they play like this, I'm going to. It's going to be hard not to. Uh, you know, but they went up against a team that, you know, they they've got their quarterback. You know, f- for the first time in a while, where they know who the guy is. Um, they got a new head coach, and this team is supposed to be finding its identity. The Falcons, on the other hand, were a team that showed promise. They showed really potent offense at the beginning of last year. They showed really potent defense at the end of last year. And they drafted one of the better prospects in college this, you know, this draft. So a lot of us had really high expectations for them as far as this particular game was. And they blew it. They they couldn't compete. Uh, they couldn't stop them. So I felt like as a unit, they probably deserved it because the situation that they were in, it should have been a win for them. They should have been able to handle business, and they didn't. So the Falcons' defense, worst of the week. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with a player on this uh, side of things, and I'm going with DeForest Buckner. Uh, he's the third highest paid uh, defensive lineman. Uh, just uh, did not anchor that uh, Colts defense uh, very, very well. And, and really, I just thought had a poor, poor game. Uh, you know, he needs to play better. And this Colts defense needs to play better uh, to sort of let this offense uh, find its way into the season. And I just thought he had a poor game uh, for what uh, he is intended uh, to be for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So I'm going to Forrest Buckner on the coaching side of things. Where are you going? And now this is not going to be a popular one because I know that there are several other coaches that deserve the nod this week. Okay. So it's, even though it's unpopular, I'm going with co- with Coach Urban Meyer. And for this one simple reason, my pet peeve, he had one job, and that was to instill a little bit of confidence in your first-round pick. You know, you're going up against a team that a lot of people predict to be the worst team in the league, not just this season, but probably for the next couple of seasons. And they smacked you around, and you did nothing about it. It's like when your big brother pins you on the ground and says, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. And they just couldn't get the big brother off. And that's what it seemed like. You know, this is Houston we're talking about. What team is supposed to be really, really bad. They came out and they made the Jaguars look like the worst team. So 
uh, for that reason, Coach Urban Meyer, worst of the week. It's a tough one to give to an opening day coach. Uh, I'm going with a more seasoned vet, and I'm going with Mike Zimmer. Uh, this uh, Minnesota thing looks uh, like it's sliding uh, downhill fast. I don't know if it's all his fault. Uh, he did not uh, – be, wasn't the one to choose to uh, pay Kurt Cousins a whole lot of money to uh, quarterback this team, but he's the one in charge of uh, running it and uh, to uh, go into Cincinnati, who we pretty much know is going to be a poor team, and uh, you thinking you have aspirations for the playoffs and uh, losing that game uh, – just, uh, I think the uh, ice is getting thin uh, there, and uh, I, I will be very interested if he can uh, make it through the year. But uh, my coach, Mike Zimmer, is the uh, worst of the week this week. All right, uh, that wraps things up for week one. We'll be back on Friday to make our picks and previews of week two. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our content here on Greenlight Network. We got our college football picks coming up. There's going to be a soccer pod coming up after the first week of Champions League uh, wraps up on the know-it-all side of things. Winning Daily will still be popping up as we get uh, closer and closer to football during the week. And that's where you don't want to miss anything. Achilles, where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right, that's our show, and we're out.